This is Tyson McGuffin. Welcome to The McGuffin Show. We are on episode 14 here. Uh, you are watching the best podcast in pickleball. A couple things we're going to be talking about is Newport Beach PPA, Vanguard Power, Camps, YouTube stuff, UFC, Seattle Kraken, US Open, uh, Franklin Ball in US Open, which was a complete mollo. Uh, some tips for coaches and some other fun stuff. Kenzie here with me. How are you? I'm doing good, man. What's going on? Living the dream, you know, <laughs> living the dream. Uh, just got back from uh, Kansas City. I had mm -hmm. you there with me. I'm not going to lie. There's not a whole lot going on in Kansas City. That's all right. It we is weren't dark. There. We weren't there too long. God, it's dark. <laughs> and what is going on with that airport? The airport looks like a prison. It looks like a, you know, like the airport in tiny uh, Port Angeles, Washington, where I, where I grew up. So oh my God. It was pretty, uh, pretty different. First time flying in there. We travel all over, but uh, I want to know, do a city that big, it just seemed, yeah. it seemed, uh, seemed different. Do the Chiefs fly out of there? All, pri all private stuff, all <laughs> private jets, Tyson. There's, there's just no way they fly out of there. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but the chicken and pickle was a, a great facility oh, and, and that was the, that's the original one there. I believe. Yeah. I believe that's the original. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. four indoor courts, four outdoor courts had a great time. Make sure you like subscribe and turn those notifications on. Um, we are posting ep uh, posting podcast and posting instructional videos, uh, a couple times a month. So make sure you follow the MacGuffin pickleball club. Um, so let's see here. First thing, uh, obviously going back a couple weeks, uh, if not a month, when, when was the Newport beach PPA? Let me check my, I know it's my, funny. We travel so much. Here. It all kind of strings together well, after a while. Four, yeah. So it was about a, about a month away. Um, so Newport beach PPA, uh, PPA ran a grant, uh, a great tournament, uh, Pat Charlotte, um, and, uh, let's see who else, Pat, Charlotte, and there's somebody else that also helps out, uh, Patty, uh, do a great job there at the Newport beach club. Um, they help organize and manage the tournaments, um, also help with all the social events. So they have done a great job with, um, uh, keeping their members happy. And, uh, I, I believe they have a membership of, uh, 700 pickleball members. I know it's pretty high. It seems yeah. like they're really, uh, embracing pickleball, looking to do a lot more in that area. So great. We, we love to see it. I think they're even having their uh, own tournament series. And I think I just heard Kyle's phone, uh, ding. And that, and that means <laughs> that he's turn, making money. Turn that huh? down. Ding. Turn that down. <laughs> da ding, da ding, da ding, da ding. Um, but, uh, they uh, they just resurfaced or yeah yeah they just resurfaced six more courts I don't know how many permanent courts they have but that whole back section now is all pickle seems like the front section of the club there is all tennis um, and um, yeah so it looks like uh, they are rocking and rolling the uh, tournament went well it was a beautiful weekend in Newport Beach um, always love going to Orange County um, and. Um, uh, I ended up taking silver with Rye and then uh, played mixed doubles with Irina Tereshenko. We had a couple of decent wins. We ended up like taking uh, fifth or sixth loss of the Newmans. The uh, Newmans did their usual spiel and gri <laughs> grinded us to death. That's a prime example of good defense is good offense. They do you know that I mean? as well as anybody. Holy sure. shnikes. Oof. The question is, what does it take to put a stinking ball away? <laughs> 
Um, Kyle, how, how deflating is that? My, oh my, you're hitting overhead after overhead. Well, I mean, you know, when you have an audience and, and you know, you're playing, you know, you're in control, you know, I, I think everybody has that little seat of doubt. Nobody wants to miss an overhead or miss an easy smash, right. but when the ball keeps coming back, you have no choice, but to go for a little more, take a little more risk. And it's, yeah, like you said, it's absolutely deflating. That's really the best word to describe it yeah. when they're able to neutralize, you know, after three or four smashes right. and still take the point from right. you. So it takes a high degree of mental toughness in addition to a lot of skills to beat the new uh, uh, What What would you do in that scenario uh, just for a, uh, you know, fun little tip for the viewers here? So you have your opponents back at the baseline. You're trying to put away overheads. Um, maybe that hasn't worked. What's what's something else you could go to? That well, I think that? I think the way the game's going, especially with the Franklin ball and with courts being bigger, you know, it's a shot I've never really employed that much. But I think occasionally you've got to be willing to dump one of the volleys short, not necessarily just expecting to hit it for a winner. But if you can get them moving, not just laterally, but up and down, it'll often open up a smash where now maybe they're standing in mid court right. rather than all the way back at the baseline gives you a better chance at, at putting the ball away. I think you were spot on something i use against ben something i use uh uh, more so in singles is if they're back playing cat and mouse and I'm, you know, hitting a fourth or a six and I'm trying to push them around. Once I feel like I'm kind of in control and they drop again, maybe they're off their back foot or they're leaning back or they're off balance. Then I can use that little uh, dumpy, little dumpy dump teardrop, ball. teardrop. Well, <laughs> well, like I said, I, you know, with, with the, with the Dura, with faster conditions, it's a shot that, that I haven't spent a lot of time practicing just because you haven't really needed it that much. But yeah. with the defense getting it's, better, it's, you have to win. There's going to be value in that. More yeah. complex patterns with more variety and i think that's one we're going to see um be needed in, yeah. in the pro game uh, going forward much more complex patterns that's for sure um but uh yeah ended up uh, getting beat up by the newmans but overall great tournament um yeah took silver with rye and then uh, uh fifth or sixth with Irina. um we had a match point against deckel and matt wright it was 10-9 game three in the winner's bracket semi and uh let's see what what happened actually no 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 we had we had Two match points. The first match point, Rye dropped. I came in. Uh, Deckel didn't float a fourth, but it definitely was in my wheelhouse, and I uh, I did not hit it well enough. Oh no! I <laughs> went to poach high backhand. I'm trying to get that sucker down, <laughs> and uh, was not able to put it away. Uh, and then ten nine two. This was the crazy one. Ten nine two. Rye and Deckel are having a hand speed battle. Deckel like uh, is losing the hand speed battle, and he's falling back, and he's in transition. Uh, Rye comes again. Deckel somehow slides, finds a forehand, and just murders the ball. And Riley <laughs> is in full control. Riley's in a much better position. Riley's at the kitchen line. You know, Deckel's in transition. Like the chances of Rye winning that hand speed battle is very, very high. For sure. And um, yeah, Deckel, you know, slid, got a little space, spanked a forehand, and was able to win. Win that point, Ryan ended up uh, missing a volley wide, and then they slowly climbed back in. And then we got some revenge, and we ended up beating him in the bronze, uh, beat him in three. But um, yeah, so always, always good to get a win over Deck and yeah, that's right. A, that's a tough team. That's a good a team. Tough team. Yeah, good it's a good team. matchup between you guys and them for sure. Yeah, clubby, yeah, it's clubby. It's interesting hands. how you recall that. You know, coming from from a poker background, one of the things within poker is that they say is you don't remember the hands that you win to win money, but you always remember your bad beats or the ones that you lose. Yeah, it's kind of critic. funny how you remember all the match point opportunities no. that you don't convert, right? But probably would have no idea on all so the true. ones that you win, right? <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> Oh, that is so true. Um, and uh, you were in Newport. No, I, no you, you were not. not. Yeah, not you that not. one for me. I was just at home checking out as much live stream as I could. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
the uh, typical junkie that's not playing a tournament that's watching live stream. <laughs> we talked about that. <laughs> I last do the time. same thing. I'm not whether it's an APP or you know or, or a 25k that nobody knows about. I will still check in. Doesn't matter. Give, me, give still, me more content. Give me, give content. me more content. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it's too funny. Are you the person that isn't very confident with your game? You're not confident under pressure. Maybe you're a little insecure with showing up to rec play. Maybe you have a hard time performing at your best, whether it's rec play or it's tournament play. You should check out Tyson McGuffin signature PV cam. We offer a wide range of fundamentals, but I guarantee after either one or two days at our camps, you will feel much more confident. Whether you're in rec play, whether you're in tournament play, you'll be ready to go out there and kick some butt. And then after the Newport Beach tournament, I taught a camp uh, in Newport on that Monday, Tuesday. We had 32 campers. I had Callie Smith, Leia Jansen, and Jay Divier helping me out. Um, probably the highlight of the camp um, was Nick Boliteri was actually at the Newport Beach Club. Very cool. And uh, one, of his, um, uh, one of his students, uh, Sean Boliteri, uh, is the director at the Newport Beach Tennis and Pickleball Club. Um, had Nick there, uh, they, they run a high performance junior program. Actually, Mike Tyson's daughter is in the high performance junior program. <laughs> kind of cool. But, uh, uh, so, so Nick was there giving out speeches that day and Nick actually came over to, uh, the back, you know, pickleball courts and we had eight courts going and, uh, he gave, uh, gave my campers a little five minute speech. So pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very cool. I little mean, little bonus. Yeah. Nick Boliteri coached, you know, Agassi, uh, Serena Williams, Venus, uh, I'm sure that list goes on, but, uh, you know, he is the main face at IMG or at least for the tennis department. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but well, so, household name within the, yeah. within the tennis world as a coach. So yeah. if you go to a TM camp, you never know what surprises you never, you never know, especially in Newport. <laughs> especially. Yeah. Actually, um, um, the, uh, Pat was telling me that at like a previous pickleball social, Mike Tyson was walking around and everybody got to meet Mike and, oh, cool. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. But, uh, <laughs> awesome. uh, if you guys have not checked out Mike Tyson's, uh, podcast, um, uh, it's, it's a little, it's a little R rated, but um, it is on, uh, you can, you can find his podcast on his Instagram page. It's called hot boxing with Mike Tyson. And, uh, you know, there is some, uh, there's some THC, uh, being, <laughs> being, uh, blown during his podcast. And he tends to have boxers and athletes yeah. and celebrities on there. Anyhow, they just have a good time. It's pretty relaxed fun. vibe. Very relaxed. Yeah, very relaxed. Very, very oh, yeah. Relaxed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, as I was teaching a camp in Newport, having a great time, Kyle was in Orlando. Kyle, yeah. Yeah. Kyle Somebody's got to hold down the fort. Hold down know? the fort, man. <laughs> no, How uh, was Orlando? Yeah, it was great. So we ran, uh, ran two back to back camps at the, uh, clear one sports center, uh, uh, ran by, uh, Henry Winardo, really a uh, high level pickleball player and former, very, very high ranked, uh, badminton, uh, badminton guy. I just have one little comment. Yeah, yeah, His ahead, backhand yeah. overhead is bigger than anybody's forehand overhead. And I, it's scary. I've only played a few rec games against him, but feeling the, the ball coming off the paddle, the misdirection, he's one of the most difficult people to feel comfortable playing against. Really, uh, really a stud. So. He will make your shorts fall down to your ankles <laughs> put you very quickly. He will put, put you, you in the pretzel. pretzel. You uh, will feel very <laughs> unathletic playing him. But no, nice guy, stud. So yeah, he was very welcoming. We ran uh, two back-to-back -back camps there. It happened to coincide with my family's uh, spring break. So we did uh, Disney World uh, a little bit before, a little bit after. So it was a fun uh, family trip uh, for me. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool. So I've been uh, been using the Vanguard Power, the Vanguard Selkirk Power for the last, uh, I don't know, about, about the last month now. Uh, over quarantine, I was the practice dummy. 
and they, they put probably six different prototypes in my hand. <laughs> and we finally uh, uh, found the one that uh, made sense. I felt like, you know, it, uh, it, was, it was plenty forgiving, gave me good spin, um, but that little added 20% of, uh, of pop that I needed for counterpunching, for, you know, having a bit more pop on the serve, on the drive, getting some more depth in singles. Um, there was two main uh, pieces in my game that I felt like I was missing. The uh, big clubby counterpunch and then some more uh, depth on the return in singles. And I'm not going to lie, over the last month, I definitely feel like I've been getting better depth. I've been able to punch the volley down a bit more, um, get some easier stick. And um, uh, anyhow, so yeah, I've been using it for the last month. I uh, love the paddle over quarantine. Like I said, we went through six different prototypes. We finally found the paddle that made sense. Uh, but my idea with the Vanguard Power was to kind of have one-stop shopping where not only did you have some pop, um, but it had a nice big hitting zone. It wasn't too stiff. The uh, uh, Invicta Vanguard Power has been out for about three months. I know uh, Radley's Mach 6 has been out a, a little longer, um, but uh, I threw the Vanguard Power in Kyle's hands a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was impressed. And it, you know, it's interesting for... Uh you know, for people just to think from your perspective, I mean, you've won, you've had so much success and just putting balls in play, being consistent. I think with the way the game's going, you definitely sense that you needed a little bit more power, but yeah. finding that right balance is obviously important. You have a certain level of expectation for yourself every time you go into these tournaments with yeah. consistency. But one thing I was impressed with was, yeah, obviously there's going to be less feel in any power paddle compared to a more soft forgiving uh, paddle, but uh, the grab and the ability to feel the spin on the paddle, I think, is is really really top notch for you know a, a paddle in that power power category. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, are you going to be making the switch? Because I know at uh, the U.S. Open you were uh, using your amped. Yeah, I, I just wanted to make sure that I had enough touches, in, yeah, right, and I right, wasn't going right. to get the paddle early enough to feel confident with it. Right. I mean, definitely when I was down there. You know, we'll talk more about it, but Franklin Ball in Naples, you definitely want a little bit more oomph and, and not rely on just your strength alone. So it looks like I will probably go that direction. Uh, like I said, I just want to spend a couple of, of weeks drilling with it just to, to make sure I'm comfortable with it before I uh, before I enter a tournament. Yeah. And uh, uh, for the viewers out there, if you are currently using a Vanguard Power and you feel like there's a rattlesnake in your paddle. <laughs> uh, maraca. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a sucker. <laughs> so uh, if it is if it is rattling, uh, do know that this is just a defect for uh, the uh, first batch. Gotcha. Um, there's there's also um, previously been a paint defect with the Vanguard Hybrid, and I believe with the Vanguard Power as well. That is going to be fixed. So once they get their next batch in, um, I was just talking to Rob Barnes. Um, they're going to be using a different filler for the Vanguard Power that will enable the paddle to be um, uh, concrete. It's not mm -hmm. gonna break down. Um, the filler that they're using right now is too thin. And so with that being said, uh, I'm not gonna lie, after 45 minutes <laughs> of using a brand, a brand new Vanguard Power, it sounds like there's stuff moving around in the paddle and there uh, very much is. It does <laughs> not affect the hitting zone. It does no. not affect the power. It doesn't affect the paddle at all. Um, but, uh, but you know, you know, if you're paying one ninety nine, obviously there's probably shouldn't be stuff rattling around in your paddle, but, uh, Selkirk is gonna, it's gonna fix that. Um, so just be aware that, uh, if you're worried about the sound, I've been using the paddle for the last month. It's totally fine. Yes. It sounds kind of a pain in the ass, but, um. Uh, it will all be fixed. So is the U.S. Open the first uh, time that you used the power version, or was I, there another one? Uh, I used it two weeks before the Newport PPA okay, and got gotcha. got comfortable with it and then used, yeah, used it there. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, one thing that I that I truly like is that I don't have to second guess my soft game. I don't have to second guess, um, you know, uh, playing defense in transition. You know, I can still play good defense. And what's nice, too, is that, uh, you know, with my amp, I had a hard time swinging or, like, closing or being aggressive in transition. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I had a hard time poaching on my backhand side uh, with the amped in transition because I just couldn't do enough with it. Yeah. So it's nice. With the, with the Vanguard Power, I can swing a bit more. I can trust my backhand. Ding. <laughs> I, can, I can trust my backhand, um, you know, in that disconnect pattern, you know, when I'm looking to poach. Um, so I think it's just nice to be able to swing free and trust it, not have something that's, you know, overly soft. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, to be able to bring some offense sometimes when you're just slightly out of position, yeah. a little off the kitchen line, adds more variety, makes your opponents much more uncomfortable. So, yeah. Yeah, again, with the way the game's going, just like we talked about, you have to win in a more complex manner or have a little bit more variety. I think this will help a lot of um, higher level uh, higher level players, all levels really, but uh, definitely that higher level with the game getting more aggressive. Yeah, but if I could like, let's talk about paddles real quick. If I could classify two different, let's say we have two two categories. The the first category is super poppy and the second category is, is mid poppy. I would say first category uh, Gearbox GX5, the Pro Connects, Engage, mm-hmm. Electrum, uh, you know, obviously not as soft, but just clubbier in hell. Uh, For sure. Category two yeah. is like Franklin and uh, Franklin Paddletech, the new Vanguard Power. Um, what else is in there? Uh, 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 I think, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, let's say category three. Maybe maybe the Onyx, like the, the Premier, doesn't yeah, have you quite know a bit of pop? I, I, I've heard, I I've heard that's it has pretty a hot. It might be, it might I, be I up think, in the yeah, top category. I think so. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Um, really, the sound, the ball sounds off the pallet. It's, it's pretty like thin, it's, too. The exit velocity is yeah, pretty, pretty yeah, big. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, I mean, the 13 millimeter franklin could be in that first category right, but i but right. i know i know the 16 obviously is a little a little thicker yeah more grabbier more than just power alone yeah. yeah yeah but uh uh you know for uh uh rafa hewitt uh played with him this morning he used to use a pro connects uh, and i should label the paddle do you know you know what pro connects paddle he used was it like the over the ovation or yeah i just i don't know the names i know the shapes right, right. so i think it was the, the, the ones he's shape. using yeah yeah the, the pink uh, teardrop. Yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, anyhow, so he, he, uh, had, had been using that for about six months. He just got sponsored by head. And so he was using the radical pro this morning and I'm not going to lie. The uh, pro connects, uh, gives him like an extra 10% of power. The exit sure. velocity is yeah. a distinct yeah, yeah, difference yeah. with that. Yeah. thing. I yeah. think he, uh, he's probably his, uh, soft game and transition defense is probably better with that head paddle yep. but like the serve the drive the the punch when he's off his back foot and he's just bailing out and swinging and like winning hand speed battles uh he cannot do that with with the head. not to the same level sure, i know he sure. told me switching to head he's really liked his ability to reset now yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah you just lose a little bit on that counter punching for, for sure. um yeah it's always always a trade a trade-off right? yeah yeah that's what true. are you looking for it's true. Uh, if any, but if any of the viewers watched Masvidal and Usman uh, in that UFC fight, Oof. Uh, Oof. it's a big right hand, scary knockout. Just, I mean, and Usman is a bad, bad man. <laughs> oh my gosh! I like. I don't know how you feel. I like Usman a lot I, because you know what? I I didn't used to like him, but the guy. I mean, how do you not respect that? I mean, and the guy it, works his ass off. Being a being somebody who's a, a tactician in, in whatever I do, I just feel like he's. Um, very capable of adjusting his style yeah, to no, who he's true. fighting. True, he seems sure. like a very calculated, uh, calculated man and fun, fun guy to watch. Yeah, the, great matchup. The very first fight that he had against Usman, 
uh, it was on like one week's notice because somebody else pulled out, and so Usman obviously had to lose like twenty five pounds in in like a week, and and uh, and so uh, so for for that fight, Usman like drained the tank the first round and a half because he obviously knew that within you know with only a, a week's notice or like a week's camp, he wasn't gonna have the cardio for sure. Uh, so we tried, to, yeah, so we tried to go smart. all out in like a round and a half, did knock him out, and then Usman just kind of grappled him and like put him against the fence and and so this time like everybody had talked a bunch of crap uh, saying that Usman was just gonna wrestle him down and that Masvidal was gonna beat him on his feet and why I like Usman is because he took the approach of saying you know what screw you I'm gonna beat this guy on my feet right. I don't care wanted to send a message yeah. as much as yeah. when yeah. you know what's cool about Masvidal is that he he was first founded um, like in the streets of Miami and that's what was, I've heard yeah, yeah and there was like this <laughs> bare fight in those yeah, low there, class there, yeah Kimbo Slice yeah yeah, yeah, yeah there yeah. was like this bare knuckle organ <laughs> it wasn't an organization it was like in somebody's backyard but Kimbo Slice right. was like the referee and uh, <laughs> he won like Masvidal won like five fights in a row against like shit, like Masvidal was like 140 he's fighting guys at like 250 and what a he's, he's beating these guys bare knuckle fights in somebody's backyard in Miami and then he ends up getting a contract with uh like Bellator or something like that but uh anyhow but you know back to back to Usman you know everybody had talked a bunch of trash and and said that he wasn't going to beat Masvidal on his feet and and he didn't shoot once and that right hand was just so clean I'm like I, I haven't seen a cleaner right hand and it was it was a it was a missile I mean literally like the body rotation sure. and, and and just how he got that right hip around and, and everything comes together oh clean. my you gotta have perfect timing there. perfect <laughs> it timing was good. Right? it was good it was it was pretty sweet too that that card uh um there was like a, there was a, a million three uh pay-per-view buys and um uh there was three title fights which which hasn't happened on the and, same card. Yeah, on the, on wow. the same card. It was all back to back. Uh, Rose uh, Nama Yunus ended up beating um, uh, 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 Zhang Weili, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, she won that. And then uh, I can't remember what the other fights were, but uh, there's this guy named Chris Wildman. It was so sad. I don't know if you watched it, mm, but I didn't. I didn't. I, I'm pretty sure he had some like minor fractures in his shin. And he kicked, so he was fighting Uriah Hall. It was like a legend fight. Like both guys are like in their late thirties. They've been fighting. Yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've seen Uriah. Yeah, fight yeah, a yeah. Bunch they, of times, they've yeah. been with the UFC for like fifteen years, and so uh, the, the the fight lasted like twenty minutes, or the fight lasted like twenty seconds. Chris uh, Wildman ended up like kicking him in the shin, and when he kicked him in the shin, literally. I, I haven't seen this oh, in so no, long. No, oh no, no. Oh yeah, I'm one not one of those. Oh, those are hard. Oh, uh, I've literally did like, like his his foot wraps. Just, or, it's like he so he kicked him, and broke here. His foot wrap like literally. I I've never seen somebody like somebody break their leg while kicking somebody, and then seeing his foot wrap around the guy's leg, and then he like stood back to like stabilize and when he like took a step it's back just, just oh my god oh my god it's like nails on a chalkboard so sad. it's tough, tough to watch so yeah. Sad. Yeah. yeah no no it was it was brutal but uh and i'm not gonna lie i paid 60 bucks and every single fight uh ended in the first round it was, it was crazy it was like, <laughs> like what the heck oh god. i was, want a rebate it was like Come a on. 45 minute pay-per-view <laughs> that usually lasts like four and a half hours yeah that's right it's tough to know yeah and there was three title fights be. all to go five rounds 
and it was all first round. Everybody came out swinging. Came Tyson. out swinging, came baby. Out swinging. Well, and uh, you know, came we're talking about Masvidal uh, with his, you know, obviously humble <laughs> beginnings in the bare knuckle backyard ring, but right. um, that, prize that, money. You were mentioning yeah, prize yeah, yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what did he get just for um, just for showing up? Yeah, You're saying on, it was a pull that up pretty big, uh, pretty yeah. big figure. Yeah, I think I was watching the the NCAA tournament one year, and and one of the players just came down weird and kind of same thing. His, his shin just kind of buckled, and his foot and leg just kind of went in half and. Such an unnatural thing to see. It's 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 hard to watch. Yeah. Okay, so uh, pretty sweet. So the fight was in Jacksonville, and they actually had a, a full house. So it was the first time. It was the first sporting event I think in the last year and a half where they packed the house. Right with COVID and everything. It's pretty sweet. You know? So yeah. they're they're actually going to run a good majority of their UFC events in Florida because Florida doesn't give a you know what <laughs> they don't care. Florida. Let, Florida. let the old timers die. Florida okay? or Idaho, right? Huh? <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so there was 15,269 people in attendance. Uh, th- $3 million was made at the gate. Um, let's see. So Usman walked away with uh, 700000 uh, and Masvidal walked away with 530000 Boom. Not bad sad. for a five-minute five minute, uh, bit not, of work. It's not too bad at all. <laughs> Yeah, some some good money. Yeah, it, it just so just so you guys are aware, like the uh, uh, the pre fights. What's what, what's that called? The pre uh, preliminary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The um, so like the people that are not on the main card, uh, like the lowest made fourteen grand. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. still have but to pay their dues. Like, a yeah, little four, bit. yeah, but it's like fourteen to like sixty grand. So. Okay. So yeah, if you're uh, on the preliminary card, you know, uh, ten to sixty grand. If you're on the main card, lowest was one hundred and thirty, the highest was seven hundred. So it's good money. Yeah, yeah. Pickleball, pickleball's got Come a, on. Got, got a way to go. Right? Guess how much I made for the U.S. Open for God's sakes. And and, and, and granted, when I had when I when I uh, saw the figure. And I'm like looking at my legs and I'm, I'm looking at how much I'm sweating and, and literally like I, I died on that court, died, played seven matches. Who knows how many steps I had literally hurled uh, on the court, right? I, I was in full body cramps. Uh, I was in the beginning stage of a heat stroke against Zane. Uh, Kyle saw I definitely puked on center court. Sorry, Chris and Terry. I got 1500, 1500 for gosh sakes. And I died out there. Kyle saw me. I basically died. <laughs> Okay, I mean, for God's sake, 10-6, game three against Zane. And and uh, and I, like, start seeing stars. My vision starts to get blurry. I've already sweated through God knows how many shirts. And um, You called the timeout. Called right? the time. Yeah. Well, I, I felt like there was a demon in my stomach. Like, <laughs> like, my stomach, like, turned on me. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not good. There's a bunch of people here. Uh, do not embarrass yourself, Tyson. And so I called the timeout very discreetly, jumped over the sponsor banner, and puked in a corner and then I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna lie I, I yell I didn't yell but I, I said loudly to one of the staff that was looking at me I said hey I said sir <laughs> sir I need, I, I need a garbage can need a <laughs> he's looking at a garbage can and he's like what he's like freaking out I'm like sir I need you to go grab that garbage can or else I will puke everywhere uh, I was a hurting puppy but um, got it all out Got my act together, came back in there. I don't think I served it out right away. I think I Zane got a side out. Yeah, I think it was side out, side out, yeah. and then you, yeah, yeah. you took care of business. But, but no, the quality after you threw up those three or four points 
you didn't give much away. It was, it was pretty high level, pretty high level. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But, uh, no, the, the fights were great. Tyson McGuffin here. Mother's day is coming up special day out of the year. I know I'm, I'm going to be taking care of the girls in my life, mother-in-law, mom, and wife. Uh, if you want me to put together something special for your significant other or maybe your mom, let your boy know, and I will keep it PG-rated. Also, too, the C Seattle Kraken. Look out. Um, the logo is is baller. The Whoever made that logo, kudos to you. The the, the logo is uh, stellar. And Like uh, I was saying, I think the name is pretty awesome, too. No, the, the Kraken, I love that. The name is sweet. The, the name is super sweet. I actually... Uh, we go to the uh, Spokane Chiefs games. That's like amateur, half-ass hockey, but uh, it's very, it's very messy. And and, and they uh, uh, they used to let them fight all the time. I feel like NHL now or even semi-pro, like they're very stern on not fighting and stuff. But uh, anyhow, it's it's always kind of fun to, to to go and watch. There's always a bunch of rednecks in Spokane that that, that go that make a bunch of noise. You know, <laughs> got a couple drinks. Uh, yeah, a couple rowdy. drinks and them guts are out. Oh yeah. No, I'm telling you, on my bucket list, I've actually never been to an NHL game, and I've heard from people it's it's really quite a spectacle to watch in person. There's so much energy there, so uh, gotta have to, gonna have to check out a, a Kraken game. That's cool. Uh, one of these summers, when you know, for so, yeah. Seattle losing losing the Sonics, you know, years yeah. back, it's nice to get another uh, sports franchise. Very very good call for sure. Um, but yeah, the Seattle Kraken officially became the 32nd NHL team after a final payment of 650 million. <sighs> Boom, <sighs> pay up, baby, pay up. Signed, sealed, and delivered <laughs> on what is a monumental day for hockey in the Pacific Northwest. The Seattle Kraken shared their thoughts on the meaning of today and what's next for the NHLs. 32nd franchise team. That's cool. No, it's, it's cool for Seattle. Yeah. yeah. They're dying for another team. Yeah, I think that with, with Amazon, with the way that that area is growing, I think they can easily for sure. uh, handle the, yeah, support another another pro franchise like that. Yeah. Um, on the sports train, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, I don't know how many players they have back, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a, a very large amount. Um, Their entire so, core unit, at yeah, least. Yeah. 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 It seems like everybody's taking a pay cut to get another... Another ring, so th so they can see Brady sling that trophy again. Credit on that. to them. I mean, NFL careers are not traditionally super long, so to take a little less money when you've got a short period of time to do your most earning. I Who mean, doesn't want to play with Brady? Championship yeah, caliber true. mindset, right there. For sure. Did you did you see that uh, that Lombardi? Was it uh, the Lombardi Trophy? If you if you win the Super Bowl, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did, did you see that trophy throw? Uh, like during the parade, oh, I think they threw it like across. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, he threw it. He threw it <laughs> to a receiver. <laughs> yeah, it was way too funny. No, uh, Brady was on a boat, and uh, yeah, it was on a boat. And his teammates right, yeah. were hollering at him uh, on the boat, like behind him there. And it was kind of funny. I actually, I actually heard a uh, Brady interview. His daughter was saying, "No, Daddy, Don't no." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I think Tom obviously had a couple of drinky poos in him, and slung that trophy and to the other boat. It right? was a dime. Boat boat. It was spot yeah. on in the guy's hands. <laughs> Uh, and then there was also a uh, funny clip of Tom like uh, getting off of the boat and and getting on land, getting on dry land and walking and like stumbling. He's wobbling around. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. trying to find his balance. <laughs> But uh, uh, yeah, it'll no, be a team to watch next year. Be a can team they to do watch. it? Can they go two for two? Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully the Seahawks can get their get their act together. Um, okay, so YouTube stuff, um, kind of cool. Want uh, want to thank all of our viewers and thank everybody that has subscribed. Uh, we have four thousand subscribers. Woo woo woo! 
Um, it's a lot and not very long. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's We've growing fast. Had the YouTube stuff going for about six weeks now. So uh, um, keep on um, subscribing. Tell your friends. Um, I am trying to hold the. Uh, I'm I'm trying to hold the belt uh with my youtube channel meaning i want to be the main content guy that provides the best content with graphics uh high quality with this man right here um uh, as of now obviously uh simone and jordan and, and everybody else that have been doing it for a while have way more subscribers than i do um but watch out watch out watch <laughs> coming out coming for you coming we're for gonna, that belt. We're, we're gonna we're gonna come for that belt baby <laughs> um but uh yeah we're uh posting uh, our, our next week's series this week, it's going to be third and fifth ball drop. Um, working on the, the graphics right now, and then we're going we're gonna to publish those. This is probably like the meatiest topic of pickleball. You have to recognize when to drive and drop. Technique on the drop is very similar to technique on the dink. Drop would be your lower extremities are nice and quiet. I'm letting the ball come to me, but I'm, I'm letting the ball drop and come up. Uh, so I'm, I'm making contact at the apex. I'm giving myself plenty of time. So think about using more lift when you're out of position on your drop. After you've hit the drop, think about cues or think about what's the main tell that allows you to really gain real estate and get moving and be efficient in that transition zone so you can get up and get established. You're gonna have to start gauging ball trajectory and that way you can, you can uh, gain distance much quicker. Uh, you can look at ball shape and then start making adjustments versus looking to see how pretty the drop is and waiting to see where your opponent makes contact. Not gonna lie, it is very uh, time consuming going through each video, inputting uh, details and notes and uh, <laughs> being creative with graphics and stuff like that. So I wanna, wanna thank my videographer, Kevin, who's looking at me right now, who, is, who's, who does a great job and uh, uh, don't know what I would do without this man. So appreciate him. But um, appreciate you, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to be finishing out this nine-week series uh, this week. Like, like I just, uh, just, just mentioned, we're going to be posting third and fifth ball drops the week after. It's going to be block volley, and then we're going to get into uh, week six through nine. It's going to be building weapons. Um, so if you guys are sick of all the soft stuff, um, do know that week six through nine, we're going to be bringing the offense. That's when it really gets fun. That's, That's when it really gets fun. Okay, who cares about playing soft? Got to build. Got to build a base. I want to pull the trigger. Right. Okay. But when the game um, gets really fun, premature ejaculation. Find those weapons. That's Heck right. Yeah. Find those weapons and cram it down their throat. Okay, <laughs> nobody freaking dinks anymore. It's all about pure <laughs> offense, baby. Um, okay, U.S. Open. It was hot. It, it was, was hot. It, it was, was muggy. Healthy. So it was my. It was my first U.S. Open. I think I brought four or five shirts for singles day. Um, it only lasted me two matches. <laughs> Um, so I, I won my first two rounds. Uh, it was a sucking pond water, dripping like crazy. I had to use my uh, U.S. Open shirt that they gave me for free in the goodie bag to actually play Jay uh, Devilliers. That is in, legendary. In the third round. That is legendary. And I'm like, all right, don't sweat too much. <laughs> this is your last shirt, buddy. Control your sweating. Uh, so no, obviously, learning experience for me. I, I thought I would, came prepared enough. Uh, clearly not. That humidity is is definitely a uh, an animal. Uh, so if you ever play the U.S. Open and you're from the West Coast, you're not used to the humidity, bring a lot of shirts. That's my best advice. Bring a lot of shirts and get there early. Yeah. I can't. yeah. Get, get used to it. Get used to the way the ball's playing. Obviously, Franklin ball, 
um, already the softer ball between it and, and the Dura ball, and then with the conditions being hot and humid, uh, it just makes that softness more enhanced. So, what did, what did you think about the way it played, Tyson, and um, uh, the conditions there? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, uh, the conditions weren't any different from the previous years. Yeah, you sure? It's yep. it's the same uh, <laughs> suffocating feeling. You know, it, it's. Uh, I always say this: if you can, um, if you can get a medal at the U.S. Open. Uh, uh, you are one tough son of a gun because it is a different type of skill set you're playing right. you're not even playing the ball you're playing the conditions right you're it's it's hot it's humid you know the wind swirly uh not gonna lie the uh the back courts where, where we played those little back batches um i felt like those those played pretty gritty mm -hmm. but previously uh in other years you would play on a wide variety of courts i'm not gonna lie the the batch that was right by stadium court i don't know because i didn't play on them this year but they used to be very slippery and anyhow so it just seemed like previous years every court played a little different so not only are you playing the conditions but <laughs> freaking you have courts that are slippery you have stadium court that's gritty you gotcha, know right so it depends on which court you yeah, get assigned, yeah so i i the player I, yeah. I think somebody complained because this year they um were very selective about where to put the pros and yeah. it seemed like they kind we of were put all us in certain on courts, courts certain 40 areas. through 58. yeah yeah we were. um but um yeah good little tournament um you know i had the same routine Got in Tuesday night, got in about 20 games of singles from Wednesday through Friday um, against uh, Frank Anthony, who's uh, kind of a perfect training partner yeah, for yeah, that guy's uh, gonna, those conditions. Guy's going to work his ass off. He's going to put a <laughs> yeah. lot of balls in play. Good dude, great player. Yeah. Uh, plays well with that Franklin ball. And it was good for me to really like get there early, get a bunch of cat and mouse in, dial in the cat and mouse. Yep. Um, because I haven't been playing a lot of cat and mouse, uh, as you know, I've been, uh, you know, banging the forehand. Working on the offense. Working yeah. on, working <laughs> on the offense, okay? Screw the soft stuff. Unless you were in Naples. No, uh, yeah, that has to be your base, right? Yeah. You've got to feel confident with your touch there. If you're just trying to blast through people, it's probably going to be a pretty short day. For sure, for sure. But, uh, uh, so I, I remember, it was kind of funny, uh, Wednesday morning, you know, having, you know, it, it's our, it's our first day of practice. I'm playing with the Franklin ball and, and, and I just wanted to like get a feel of the conditions, the new Vanguard power. I'm, I'm, I'm using like a brand new paddle and I'm playing with the Franklin ball. And I remember like the first couple of times or like, as we're warming up, I'm like just swinging out of my shoes. <laughs> the ball is just like, <laughs> just a marshmallow. I'm, right. I'm like trying to get so much easy power with my hips and my legs. <laughs> and I'm like trying to sit my butt down get all the stuff going on. The ball is freaking not going anywhere. What I actually found out is that like in those types of conditions with the ball being that forgiving and playing with the Franklin ball, I honestly think you can get more power by breaking your technique. And I'm not going to lie. You can break your technique with that Franklin ball and still be very consistent. I had to like break my technique and just kind of slap at it with yep. my hand and yep. with my forearm and not be so technique oriented. If yep. that makes sense. Yep. Yep. And, um, um, I, I, it's, it's just with that ball being so forgiving with the air being so thick, obviously there's certain things you can do with that Franklin ball. There's no way in hell you could do with a Dura ball. But as far as getting power, I felt like I had a hard time getting it with my hips and, you know, bigger body parts, but it was easier just to kind of break the relax the hand yeah. a little bit more, and just let a little the, bit more motion yeah. than normally you'd have, you know, yeah, let, sure. let the hand go. But, uh, uh, I, 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 I think like the best way to describe those conditions in that Franklin ball is that like you kind of have to break your technique when you're in hand speed battles. You have to break your technique when you're driving. Y you know, you have to 
uh, find ways to get power that maybe isn't technically sound. But you, know? you, you have to find new ways to win. And I yeah. think, you know, one observation I wish I would have maybe clued into earlier in doubles was it's pretty hard. You know, yes, that ball's softer, so it's easier to dink. But in, but in my opinion, it was difficult to see a lot of popped up dinks, right? And so if you're trying to, to beat people with little flicks or these uh, out of the air attacks or you're trying to go through people, it's just not very effective. So it seems like sure. the teams that uh, actually attacked more off the bounce okay. and started yeah. the fire off the bounce, um, it seemed to me like they had a little bit more uh, more success than, than trying to attack you know, uh, with that flick or misdirection right. out of the air. So right. it'll be interesting. It seems like more tournaments are going to be going to the Franklin yeah. ball. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to adjust our, our tactics and the way we play a little bit. Um, are you a fan of that? It seems like more events, more bigger events are going yeah. to Franklin. You okay with it? At I this think point? the level of pickleball is pretty silly with that Franklin ball, and it's much higher, I think, for the non-pickleball eye uh, that wants to watch it on TV, that, wa that, that uh, wants to be interested. Uh, it doesn't doesn't veer off that much differently from from the Dura, but mm -hmm. you know, like but like what you said previously, like the transition from offense to defense and how quick I can go back yeah. and forth in one point, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and you know, Dura, you're having a four ball hand speed battle with the Franklin's a six or an eight, longer points, better defense. You know, everybody drops well, everybody dinks well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's true, like. It showcases a um, yeah. different level of athleticism I mean, because the points are being dragged yeah, out a little yeah. bit longer. And everybody's getting to the kitchen line. It's yep. tough to put pressure on your opponents in transition because they're dropping so easy. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's tough to get gains. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, instead of it being popped up, dink, point over, popped up, dink, attack, reset. And so, like you said, the offense and defense or who's in control will change yeah. two or three times pretty consistently within a point, I think, for showcasing our sport on TV. I mean, for people just first first exposure to pickleball, I think it, it highlights it in a yeah, good way. Yeah. The, the ball does not favor me, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I like shortening points, I yeah, like yeah, right, using right. offense, but uh, yeah, I think I have to take a step back, and say it's good uh, you know, good for the game uh, to some degree. <laughs> I will say this, I think you know Naples, I think East Coast, right, uh, if, right. you know, I, I'm not sure if that, uh, that slow of a ball is, is best, but I think definitely on uh, the West Coast where the, you know, um, you know, you're not dealing with the same humidity. That Franklin ball will make the the level of play probably be showcased a little bit better. No, no, it's true. I, I think uh, I think that the tournament was ran well. I think Chris and Terry did a did a very good job of organizing. Um, you know, keeping uh, keeping things running smooth. Mm -hmm. Melissa McCurley, D. Davidson, shout out to you guys. You guys always do a splendid job of of uh, keeping keeping uh, keeping matches going keeping matches on time. I know uh, they had like a record day on that Wednesday because uh, I don't know if I want to get my uh, get my days wrong, but I'm pretty sure it had rained. It, it rained kind of all week. Mm -hmm. Jeez Louise, it was a, kind of a crummy week, but um, uh, they, no, so sorry. They, it rained all day Wednesday, and so they pushed matches into Thursday. Yes, people had some delays and stuff like that, but matches got done. I think they had to modify the the scoring format as well. But it was a record day of like running 900 matches in one day. Oh, like geez. Melissa McCurley <laughs> put it on pickleballtournaments.com, or sorry, put it on social media that it was the first time that uh, pbtournaments.com did that many matches in one day. Granted, I don't know if it was modified or whatever, but um, pretty cool. Even still, credit to them. I mean, Hell anytime yeah. the yeah. weather throws you a curveball like that, and, and there's 2,500 players I don't US envy Open. the people that have to make those decisions. You're never going to make everybody happy. That's yeah. uh, not fun. But, uh, 
but yeah, overall it was it was a party. You know, uh, they they didn't do two bleachers on both sides of Stadium Court or on Zing Zang Championship Court this year. They had uh, like a wrap around VIP. Uh, boys and girls were getting nice and rowdy. You had your six <laughs> drink tickets a day if you, if you bought VIP and a couple tuna tuna sammies for uh, lunch. Um, but uh, uh, I I believe there was a bit more showcase for for dinner. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought. Uh, I thought Championship Court was rocking and rolling. Um, I know they were huge sticklers this year. With uh, you know, you had to have a you, you had to have a ticket to be sitting in general admission, and they, if you're going to be in VIP, you had to uh, buy a VIP badge. They were on it with the oh, VIP man. badges, man. Where <laughs> actually, it's kind of funny. I, this is how on it they were with the VIP. I had a couple Jeez. of different people that were playing matches on Stadium Court. A ball got hit. They went out into the VIP section to retrieve it. And as they were getting the ball, they got stopped and were like, hey, we've got to see your badge. Hey, like, wait a second. Show us your badge. Show us hey. your badge. Like, wait, I'm, I'm actually playing on court right. right now. If you're even leaning over in a VIP and showing your face, show me your badge. You better show that badge. Yeah, you right. Better be, right. You better be right on it. Holy shnikes. I'm not going to lie. I had a security guard uh, come up to me. And I was getting ready to play Zane, right? And I'd already played Lone uh, on championship court. And, uh, and I was in VIP, you know, paid my... 600 bucks for VIP, and uh, anyhow, I was talking to somebody. My bag was at a different table. The security guy comes up to me, and he says, hey, he says, uh, do you have your badge? And I'm like, well, it's, it's over at my bag. And he's like, can you go get it for me? So I go get it, and I walk back, and I say, shove this up your you-know-what. I was joking, obviously. <laughs> he actually got some humor out of it. Um, but it was just, it was, it was you arrogant it was, pickleball player. It was, you. it was, it was humorous. <laughs> I mean, they were, um, right. the top notch security, baby. They were a little over the top yeah. to me, yeah, to yeah. me. And I guess, you know, if I could throw out one, you know, small criticism, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, I played singles when I got eliminated. Uh, Tyson was obviously still going, Ugh, jerk. Um, right. <laughs> no. so, uh, he was getting ready to play Zane. I was able to do some coaching in the box in his, uh, semi final oh, against yes, Zane. Mention this story, please. Yeah. And, and so, uh, I had all the expectation when he was going in the final with, uh, with Ben that I was going to be able to have that opportunity to coach him as well. Um, was told that I should not have ever been in the box for the semifinal. Um, how dare um, you? N nobody gave me the memo and you know when I asked you know some of the people in charge I said well you know um you know out of curiosity what you know why is that that I'm not allowed to be in there um they made a comparison to the U.S. Open in tennis saying well coaches aren't allowed in the, in the U.S. Open for tennis I said well you know I'm pretty sure in nationals I saw I saw some coaching being happening in the box and and they were like well you can't compare this to nationals and I'm like well you know probably shouldn't be comparing it to tennis so um it just I, I think in general probably a, a topic for all tournament directors to to think about going forward at bigger events as the sport is growing as the athletes are um you know doing this more full-time I think coaching is going to be a part of our sport and so uh, I wasn't told that I wasn't able to coach what I ended up having to do was um for the finals is I had to purchase a ticket to be in the bleachers but I think it's pretty challenging for Tyson in a one minute timeout to walk the opposite direction away from his drink away from his towel um, it would have been nice to be able to uh, to offer that coaching in the finals as well credit to Ben he played like a stud but um, again I just think uh, as that becomes a bigger part of our sport tournament directors should be uh, prepared with uh, with how they can they can allow that uh, allow that for our athletes I think I did not get VIP parking oh <laughs> Cause the the give me some parking. Okay, Come on, give me some parking. That that is kind of nice at nationals. If you get VIP, 
you get like front row parking and you they get the take whole, care. Yeah, the whole spectacle. Nice, yeah. Yeah, and and like the biggest pain in the ass at the US Open is like if you get there late and you have to park in that. Yeah, then you have to almost like. And we have a child. And, oh, yeah, a, no, no. I mean, if you guys are already paying the money for, for VIP parking, I think would be the least that they could do for you. But yeah, Naples was uh, beautiful. Went down to uh, the Naples Beach one day, took. Uh, Took uh, Mago down there and, and bankers and uh, took her little playpen. Uh, God, the 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 water there is like baby blue and the sand is fine and white as could be. And um, no, it was gorgeous. You can see why so many people retire there, right? I mean, it's just that's the life. Sick. That's no, that, it's, it's gorgeous that Florida life. No, for sure, it's gorgeous <laughs> down there. Um, one thing I did not like is that you know with my VIP and my tuna sammies, I uh, uh, did not get VIP parking. I think I think it makes sense that you know I mean in, in something obviously, you know te- uh, the uh, tennis garden and uh, U.S. Open is two different entities, but uh, I, I think it's kind of nice at the at, you know at, at nationals if you get VIP you um, you get a nice AC room you know you get VIP parking get a nice little spread. Um, I think you even get uh, a couple extra like general admission uh, tickets in the championship court as well. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyhow, so give these people the value. If they're give them the value. VIP, I mean, step up the VIP up the or value. else I'm not paying my 600. <laughs> okay, I'm not. Um, but overall results, uh, silver and singles, lost to Benny. Um, uh, played pretty sharp, I feel like, for the game and a half. And then... Uh, and then I was gassed. I was completely gassed. Yeah, I mean, I think the level or the his, style his, that you needed yeah, to beat him yeah, required, sure. a, you know, a, a high level of fitness, yeah. which you showed. I mean, credit to him. He he didn't give a lot away through the second, you know, through the second half of game two for through the sure. final he game. He wasn't sharp game one. You know, missed, missed a couple serves, missed a couple returns. He was trying to drive. And then I think, um, uh, and this, this, this has happened a couple times. I, I, I'm beating him, and I'm beating him for a game and a half, and then he beats me with my own shit. I'm sorry, with my own stuff, okay? Um, prime example, Texas Open, you were there. Yep. I yep. was just, the forehand was hot, so hot. I, there was no cat and mouse, and it was, granted, it was kind of cold that day. Just banging the serve, striping forehands, finding lines like there's no tomorrow. I'm up like 11-4-6-0, yep. remember that? Oh, yeah. And oh, then yeah. all of a sudden, he's playing cat and mouse, and all of a sudden, he steals my stinking game plan, this sucker. And uh, and drives me off the court and freaking beats me in three, and same thing happened in the U.S. Open. He's trying to drive. He's trying to you yep, know. Yeah. You know, well, but, I uh, think he he came out. I mean, quite a, a, he came out shark. with the wrong strategy. I think because he, he was trying to drive maybe a little bit too much. But yeah. but yeah, like you said, he's a, he's a great tactician. He's able to feel the way a match is going, and he's got a plan A, plan B, plan C, and and he can execute his game plans uh, generally very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After after I lost the match, I told him. I said, hey. I said, uh, I'm, uh, I'm 31 years old and you're 21 years old. I said, just to help me out a little bit, you have to at least show me when I'm suffering that you're kind of suffering. Oh, I, I saw that you guys were yeah, like, no, no, no. smiling there's, there's, a little bit at the net. Yeah, <laughs> Plenty of respect now. But, but no, I, I let him know. I said, hey, I said, I'm 10 years older. Give me something. I mean, just give me something. I mean, at least, at least just tell me that you're somewhat tired. Um, but uh, I'm not going to lie. The man puts on a great poker face, and I've really never seen him suffer. He's pretty yeah. stoic. He's, as a he's pretty stoic. He's stoic, seen yeah. me suffer uh, plenty of times. <laughs> but uh, uh, silver and singles, and then Ryan and I, not going to lie, I had visualized and visualized over and over and over again seeing myself in the finals, and I think every every great athlete, every great champ does that. Mm-hmm. You, you, you try to put yourself in the best possible uh, spot mentally, and you see yourself in the moment. You, you, you see yourself being... 
successful in the moment, uh, working patterns under the lights. Anyhow, I'd, I'd already put myself in the finals Saturday night, you know, 8 p.m. I've never played in the final at the U.S. Open. Always, like, dreamed, you know, playing a final and uh, it got freaking taken from us, god damn it. It was one of the best, uh, I mean, obviously I, you guys lost it, but it was one of the best match points I've seen um, that they stepped it up big time to actually put you guys out. Right. I mean, yeah. credit to uh, to Deckel. I don't know if I've seen anybody improve. Guys playing great as much sure. in doubles. I mean, we, His doubles game, he's flying yeah. all over the we, court. We talked about him a few weeks back, you yeah. know, or a couple mm -hmm. episodes back, saying that yep. you know, upside. Uh, he's starting to dance around the Ernie, or starting starting to dance around the kitchen. Well, I mean, his his footwork with his Ernie, his yep. little half Ernie. I couldn't even freaking dink over there because the guy was earning so quick. You know, it was tough. He's, I mean, he's putting it all together. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think uh, if I was able to find some patterns at work, I could beat Deckel head to head a little bit. I mean, granted, I, I, I lobbed a little bit. I was uh, a little successful with with the lob, but I tried to speed up up the line. Tried to go at him a couple times, didn't work. Tried to dink over there. He, he was uh, earning, and we just we we uh, Adam was playing a little too well to over suffocate Adam, and you know, uh, Adam did a good job going. Head to head with Rye, um, and uh, yeah, we lost the lost the tough one. They ended up beating us 11-8 in the third. Uh, game one, game one, uh, we had a game point 10-9, 10-9-2 had a game point, didn't seal it. Game two, one game two, game three, we're up eight five. Actually, I think we're up eight five. Eight, I think it's eight, you guys were ahead for for most of yeah, most of game yeah, three. Yeah. I mean, we're ahead all three games. Uh, but the toughest part is you 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 lose that match. You're in single elimination. Uh, the thought of being in the finals is uh, is uh, obviously gone, right? Right. And and it's a quick turnaround. I mean, we're four minutes later. They freaking boot us right back on there after we just had the freaking heart taken out of us on stadium court. Four minutes later, we're <laughs> right back on playing Nunnery and Cassidy. Yeah. Luckily, the referee didn't show up to, for about twenty minutes because I'm not gonna lie, if it would have been any earlier. There could have been a very good chance that Rye and I just go in the dump. I made sure to tell Rye before the match. I said, "Hey, I said any any uh, guilt thought or or just any negative nonsense. Let's push it out. Let's let's get the bronze. Uh, we didn't we didn't come here not to get hardware for sure. Uh, we're uh, we gotta switch gears. Yeah, real fast. You got yeah. it. Got it. Swallow that disappointment quick because yeah, you still had to win a couple more yeah. tough yeah. matches to, uh, to get some hardware. Uh, Prime example, Jay and Pat. Um, not gonna lie, I thought I thought they were gonna win in two. Uh, winners bracket semi. They're playing Ben and uh, you know playing Ben and Colin and uh, uh, Jay and Pat win game one. Yep. Ben and Colin win game two. It's tight game three. I think Jay and Pat are up like eight six game Ooh. three. And I'm uh, uh, not gonna lie, Colin played well. Dude, Colin played well towards the end. Granted, the last up. four points, Ben took over, but Colin like blocked well. And then uh, one thing he was doing well, he was speeding up out of the air, and and Jay was taking over. Pat, like Jay, kind of slid Pat over. Pat, you know, was still doing his thing, but Jay was kind of taking over. Um, as with Ben, and uh, and with him moving around so much and being so active, um, Colin, I think it was, it was a. Great move, but Colin kind of caught him moving and caught him trying to be active and was like speeding up high, like in his shoulders, and would just kind of throw stuff up here, give him a little chin music, and uh, I think I think the speed ups were were actually going out. Easier said than done, but uh, yeah, and Colin ended up beating Jay head to head a couple times, and then once he beat Jay uh, head to head a couple times, Jay stopped moving, and then Ben freaking sunk his teeth in, <laughs> and that's that's all she wrote. They they've played him. All she wrote. Close a few times. Close, yeah, yeah. It's, it's gonna be a heartbreaker. But yeah, a great, great little uh, teaching moment. Anytime 
your opponents are moving yeah, quite a bit. If you can sure. disguise an attack, um, just the likelihood that they're going to have a big thumping counter attack sure. coming back is is decreased. So a great little thing to look for when you're deciding when to when to speed up. Yeah, no, for sure. Or you know, like Colin's approach. You know, somebody's uh somebody's taking over and being aggressive uh the best way to like put them back in their little cage on their side of the court is by speeding up a little bit and just keeping them honest right yeah. and kind of not necessarily them. dinking right back behind yeah right but yeah. disguising a speed up where they're they're having to cover too many spots again if you can just decrease the strength of that counter punch a little bit you yeah. can sit on that recounter which we talk about for sure and then uh, jay and pat ended up losing that I, and I and who ended up getting getting them in the? I could tell it was like it was eight all game three, and you could like you could see the look on Jay's face. Jay, I love you to death, brother, but <laughs> but you do not have a poker face. <laughs> Where's his heart on his sleeve? Oh my god! I mean, you could see just the emotion and the energy just draining out of him. I mean, the that's that's all she wrote, and they ended up playing. They 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 played right away. They ended up playing um, uh, Matt Wright and. Uh, Matt and uh, Kyle. Matt and Kyle. That's a tough. And the, they lost 15-2. Oh, jeez. Quick. Yeah, yeah, they just... Prime example of... Couldn't get it back. Momentum dump mm -hmm. or adrenaline dump. It's tough. <laughs> Honestly, if you don't get your act together and, and wash all that nonsense out, uh, you will be, not be at your best. Let's, let's just say that. You know what I mean? Mental toughness is... Yeah. I mean, it, it's way more than physical, especially, you know, and, and you lose... You're disappointed, like you said. You don't have a lot of time to refocus. I know I've made that mistake after some bad losses, and then turn right around and have an even worse loss yeah. because I'm still thinking about yeah, uh, thinking about my last match. Stuff. Um, and then and then yeah, bronze uh, uh, played with Lee Waters. Um, or sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, mixed sticks ended up taking bronze and men's. Uh, played a played a crazy match against Yates and Wright in the finals. A good uh, one. We're up 8-0, game three. All of a sudden, Kyle goes on a highlight reel. He's got one shoe on it at one <laughs> point. He's uh, grunting as he's lobbing, and all of a sudden, he's, like, coming in and crashing. It was, it was just it was a, it was a circus. You went, you went from up 8-0 in game three to <laughs> down 9-8. Oh, my gosh. With a guy that a moment ago was, was cramping, cramping, right? right? And the so. writing is on the wall, and all of a sudden, <laughs> the guy pulls some stuff out of his, you know what? And uh, luckily, we ended up closing it out. I got the ATP on uh, uh, match point. That was a pretty uh, yeah, nice little, little, little highlight reel. To Take a little <laughs> slice of the pie. And, uh, um, and then ended up playing mixed doubles the next day with Lee Waters, who by far is the biggest badass 40-year-old uh, that I that I that I know. I mean, she's tough. Mentally she's, tough. She's gritty. Right there, yeah. She can, she can grind. I'm not going to lie. There's so many people telling me, hey, Lee is not going to do this with the Franklin ball. She's going to be nothing with the Franklin ball, yada, yada, yada. She was fine. She, she was great. She was great. Um, she had freaking, a long day. She held me day. down a lot day. of teams. Yeah, we ended up, we ended up losing early. Who did we lose? To? Okay, we lost to, we lost to Callan and, and Irina, who we hmm. should, who we uh, should not lose to. Ended up losing to them. Um, won six in a row in the back draw, beat a bunch of good teams, played uh, right in Kovalova, and the bronze ended up losing that. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, yeah, it wasn't the results that I wanted. Um, obviously happy to walk away with the silver and the bronze, and then I guess just happy to be in three medal matches as well. You know, yeah, I'm still, sure. still be in that top three category. So um, overall, fun tournament. Um, and, uh, but no, it was definitely nice to get out of, I mean, after after uh, like ten days of being in Naples and <laughs> literally just being drenched wet all day and having to change my wardrobe literally after each match, like after each match, it was change of socks, change of underwear, change of shorts. I mean, everything. I was just you're so, sweating just standing I was still. Just right? So mess. God, I, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, Monica Sellis. 
Yeah, Monica. yeah. I, I did not get the the pleasure to, to to get a picture or meet Monica Sellis, but I saw a couple of other Monica. pros did. So it's kind of cool that we're seeing some of these uh, tennis greats start to to peek their eyes at pickleball and be seen at some of these events. So I'm sure there's going to be more of that uh, as as the sport continues to grow. So pretty cool. Want to give a shout out to uh, Ben uh, Johns and Rob Nunnery. They have a new podcast called uh, Freestyle. Freestyle. Sponsored by Franklin. So check that out. It's on Spotify. Uh, but I really want to let Ben know. He should really stay in his lane. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, first it was me on Cameo and then it was him. First it was me posting instructional videos. Now he's got his Pickleball 360. <laughs> First, it was me with the podcast. Now, freestyles around. I mean, quit it. You're just a trendsetter. I mean, Tyson. quit it. All right. Um, <laughs> no, all good. All good. There's plenty of plenty of love to go around. Plenty of demand for content. I'll tell you what. Pickleball junkies want content all day. <laughs> so well, maybe, maybe maybe shout out to Selkirk. I mean, they're doing their Selkirk TV. Selkirk TV. Uh, they're for seeing sure. the direction, the, the way everything's smart, going. Smart, yeah, really smart. smart. Yeah, smart. And, and the uh, only real platform where it's one-stop shopping, you can... Check out uh, anything pickleball related, live stream, podcast, uh, instructional videos. And they've got it set up to where all of it can be on the TV as well. I think yep, it's like yep, the yep, little app, fire yep, stick yep. And, and, and Roku all that, and all so. that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. I'm actually I'm meeting with them next week to kind of go over more of that. Yeah, but, I'm uh, excited to see more more rollout from, from them. Yeah, very exciting. Um, going to go into um, some questions from the viewers Ooh, from our last. Right. From our last episode, uh, let's see, uh, Justin Oliver, what's up, man? Do you ever make it anywhere around Iowa? We have Smash Park here, and Zane and Johnson Cola just stopped uh, out our way. Got to get some time to play with them. Would love to meet you and take a clinic. I'm not going anywhere that Zane John went. Okay, I'm not. Okay, I mean, get real. No, I'm just kidding. I would uh, I, I would love to come to Iowa. Yeah, heck yeah. Uh, I'm a big Dan Gable fan. Dan Gable is a, is a wrestler. Wrestled for uh, Iowa Hawkeyes back in the day. He was the undefeated. Oh, yeah. His whole, NCAA I think I remember, yeah, guy I was remember freaking top of his nails. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you... Uh, I'm taking... Request base camps for 2022. We're all jam-packed for this year. Um, you can email info at TysonMcGuffin.com. Get me 16 to 32 campers, and Kyle and I will make our way over. We'll come on down. Yeah, we'd love to would love to come out. Not familiar with Smash Park. I don't know if that's like a, a standard club or like a kind of like a chicken and pickle, but yeah, I would love to check it out. Okay. Uh, uh, excuse me if I say your name wrong. Mervat Amin. Uh, that could be very wrong. Uh, so it... Uh, it is worth to put the time. Is it worth to put the time and effort uh, to learn how to hit a two-handed backhand? What do you think? I think um, I think it's a longer-term uh, thing if you've been playing for a while. So I used a two-handed backhand in tennis. Um, when I found pickleball, uh, no one was using one, and so I kind of got really dialed in and programmed to do everything with a one-hander. I know for me, I, I would like to get a little bit more power on my backhand punch in some of those faster exchanges. So. I have been dabbling with uh, adding a two-hander. Uh, just speaking for me personally, um, it is a longer process just because, again, I've kind of programmed some of those instincts in those fast exchanges to stay with one. But um, I, I'm definitely, as I'm teaching my children to play pickleball, I've got one son who's all about it. I am definitely teaching the two-hander. Um, I think that you get a little bit more reach to the side. Um, you can play really good, uh, solid defense by putting a second hand on the paddle and absorbing power. And I think that you get a little bit more uh, power because you can get more rotation on those counter-punching shots. So I think there's a, a time and a place to use it that does not come with all advantages. You lose some reach 
out front. But mm -hmm. I think if I'm training someone to be a pickleball pro, you know, 10, 15 years from now, like I'm envisioning, you know, theoretically for, for one of my kids, um, I would, I would think, uh, both would be the way to go uh, is what I would envision. I mean, if you look at uh, Ben Johns at times, he'll throw that second hand on the True. paddle. Scott Moore, um, Scott Moore has been playing for how long? The guy just added a two hander in. Yep. I think there's some subtle advantages. Um, definitely, uh, you got to practice it quite a bit to get it ready for match play because there's times where you'll use two hands, I would say incorrectly or where one hand is optimal, but, uh, I think definitely worth, uh, worth the time. If you can find a better answer than that, let me know. <laughs> Boom. Boom. I'm, I'm not gonna, uh, touch it. I'm not gonna be to touch it. He's sticking with the one hander. Okay. It works. It works <laughs> for you. Right? You know what I live by? Don't hit a backhand. Okay. <laughs> Just live and die by the forehand. Find that fear hand. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, Kyle mentioned uh, what he did while playing with people uh, lower in their level to play with him. But what can I do when I don't get a ball except when they can slam it at me? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I would, yeah. I would, uh, actually, I, I have a, a prime answer, or uh, two answers. Uh, uh, the first one is, the first one is try to insert yourself by, you know, uh, uh, I guess taking more court, talking to your partner beforehand, making sure that they allow you to take more court. Um, but I think if you're, if you're looking to take more court, just uh, justify that with your partner. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, second option could be, Go to PicklePlay.com, download the app, and find level-specific play in your area. You can uh, you can go on the app. You can make groups. You can create events. Um, I think this app is widely used for players that are in your position that don't see a lot of balls, or maybe that are at a typical you know uh, park with you know six courts. There's people waiting. Levels are all are uh, all over. Uh, nobody really knows what they're doing. There's no, uh, uh, you know, uh, paddle system. It's not very organized. Uh, pickle play um, essentially is for the, you know, player that uh, is looking to play tournaments, that wants better play, that wants to set up their own groups, that, um, you know, that, that doesn't want to hang out with some of the, some of the chaos, if you know what I mean. Um, well, I think the direction that the game's going, and I think this is okay. It's still, pickleball will still be an inclusive sport where, where not everyone has to be the same level to play against each other. But when you're drilling, when you're trying to use those valuable hours that we all have in our, our busy schedules to try to improve, I think it's really important to be able to play with someone that's a comparable level so that you're getting something out of it. So there are already quite a few uh, users, subscribers on Pickle mm -hmm. Play, but yeah. I expect that number to really, really sure. start to jump and grow just uh, as Pickleball grows. Right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so yeah, great answer. And, and obviously, it's frustrating when you don't get the, hit the, the ball hit to you. But like Tyson said, if you can have that conversation maybe early on with your partner and just say, hey, listen, I'd like to get something out of this as well. It seems like they're trying to keep it away from me. Would you be all right if I, you know, if I crowd <laughs> not you? Not always times, a fun. You know, yeah, uh, it's, it's, uh, you have to deliver it very delicately, but say, right, you know, I'm right. not trying to crowd you. <laughs> I'm just trying to get involved a little bit. And hopefully that goes over in a decent way. But it's, right. it's, it's not fun. It, no, it's not sure, fun when, sure. when it's a you're very, not, uh, very touchy subject. For sure. Okay. Um, I believe, is that your wife there? Uh, not, not yet, but okay. yeah, we're, <laughs> we are actually going to Silverwood after this, taking the whole, taking the whole clan or Kyle's kids are already there. My, my kids are here right now, but Silverwood's a fun amusement park, uh, about 10 minutes North. Have a fun little Saturday. Oh, Heck yeah. yeah fun little after Saturday. Um, okay. So this is from Kento 1957. Love the advice for coaching, uh, questions. 
For a 4.0 to 4.5 level player in a two-hour drill session, what specific drills do you recommend and how much time on each? How do you prepare for a tournament? Specifically, what drills do you do and how much time do you spend doing them uh, weekly, daily? Uh, another one is, do you think uh, family camp obligations has impacted your training and consequence? Tournament performance, I like it. Okay, so uh, first question, um, what specific drills do you recommend and how much time on each? Yeah, so we kind of have a, a set set program. You know, we uh, 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 do a little dynamic warm up once we once we get to the courts, get our body uh, you know warmed up, warm up like a professional, and then you know dink dink both ways cross, dink up the line. Um, you know, I kind of use my little five to ten minute tournament warm up as as kind of like my rec play warm up, and then um, yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, but, 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 but yeah, if I, if, if there's something lacking, I think it's, it's very situational. Yeah. This is kind of broad. Yeah. Uh, if, if there's something lacking in my game, like, um, I'm always looking to, I would say, uh, tie like 60% of the practice or 70% of the practice around that, that area. For example, uh, I'm, I'm still working on my counter punch. I feel like I, I'm at the top of the game with dinking. I'm at the top of the game with with defense. I'm just more so looking to to get some more you know added punch on my volley. So I'm not gonna lie. I've been doing a lot of situational games and drills that have to do with hand speed, and uh, uh, for for example, um, we uh, you know for as as far as drilling, we do forehand to forehand, back and a backhand volley, body to body, or you know. Zone four to zone four, zone one to zone one, zone two and three, back and forth, and then from there, um, some of the games that I actually like doing when it when it comes to uh, hand speed, uh, it's a little elementary. And anytime that I bring this up in a camp, I, always, I usually get kind of weird looks because people um, probably aren't used to feeding a speed up from a very stationary spot. Um, but like the the perfect game that I use for hand speed is um, like I'll have Kyle acting uh, as the attacker. I'm acting as the counterattacker. Kyle essentially, uh, well, there's two ways. If Kyle wants like a dink in front of him, I can feed a dink and then he can speed up off the bounce. Then we play it out from there. Or the drill that I like better is he just feeds for himself and he could use the phrase of bounce apex speed up. On the apex, he's going to speed up and then we just play it out from there. But something that I do, you know, uh, I'm... Working on my hand speed, I would say 70% of my training right now is all devoted to, uh, you know, being quicker with my reaction, seeing the ball better, seeing the ball in detail, looking at the holes, looking at the seam, but just trying to get better in that specific area. So I think it's a little situational, but I guess like uh, to, to wrap all that around, uh, if, if you are working on something in your game, let's spend, you know, 60 to 70% of your training focused, uh, I guess, under that umbrella, uh, yep. that, that kind of makes sense to me. Um, you know, you, you, uh, also mentioned what are the, what do I do as far as drilling and gameplay before tournaments? I would say ratio of gameplay to drilling, uh, before tournaments is probably 80% gameplay to 20% drilling. Um, I, I feel like the week leading up into the tournament, um, I shouldn't be focused on technique. I shouldn't be trying to uh, you know, add things to my game. Right. I shouldn't be trying to reinvent the wheel. Just trying it's, to it's, sharpen yeah, what you yeah, have. Yeah, it's yeah. more so tactical base. It's putting myself in pressure scenarios. It's getting my mind right. You know, it's uh, 
um, uh, making sure that my wife and I are on, you know, good terms. I feel like, you know, hey, <laughs> get your relationship. Well, I mean, shit, no, you know, I, get it, I, get I, it. I mean, I mean, if, if, if things are good with, with, um, you know, her and I and the kids are good and uh, everybody's happy. It kind of seems like I, I play better. So I'm happy wife, happy yeah, life. I, I actually, I actually stress like mental health going into tournaments and just, and just like being happy, being, being confident, uh, you know, having, uh, having things, uh, going well at, at, at home. Right. Um, but, uh, I would say, uh, leading up to tournaments, it's probably 80% gameplay to 20% drill outside of that. If I'm not gearing up for a tournament for if I, I get, or if I have three weeks to kind of get geared up for a tournament, uh, I would say those two weeks before it's probably going to be heavy drilling to gameplay. Maybe it's 70, 30, but just the week leading up, I would say it's 80, 20. It's a lot more pressure scenario, live situational games, but just getting my mind right, um, getting my tactics right. And more so just like what Kyle said, kind of sharpening things. Uh, Kyle. I, yeah, I would say Quicker answer, I would say, would be you know four zero plus to me when I'm using uh, doing drills and coming up with drills for my students. I think you're the level now where you're advanced. Where I think definitely, like Tyson said, you need to always spend a good amount of time at the kitchen line. You know, just working on your dinking, doing competitive dinking games. You can never get too good there, and it's so important to be confident there. But in addition to that, if you're back in the transition or baseline, I'm a big fan of coming up with drills where you vary speeds. So you maybe drive one, drop the next, or you block one, counterpunch the next. So getting used to or simulating that uh, that aggressive temperament or finding opportunities for aggression within that patient game and being able to, to on a dime, switch mindsets into offensive mode or in a dime, switch mindsets uh, into more of a defensive mode was what I would advise for gameplay uh, or, you know, for, for drilling on the more advanced levels. Okay. Um, last question here was, do you think family and camp obligations have impacted your training and consequence tournament performance? I want to say no, but uh, I think, I think we all know that uh, with having kids, with running a business, uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, my wife, uh, especially wears a lot of hats. I wear a couple, she wears about 10. So, <laughs> so with that being said, yeah, you know, I, I would say it's probably not a huge benefit to my game, but, uh, I'm kind of looking at this from a long-term factor where, you know, I, uh, wanted to be the first one to have a really professional podcast. I wanted to be the, uh, you know, I guess, uh, first individual player to have a badass camp company. So I think I was, you know, looking outside of just performance, right. Um, you know, and, uh, grew up with, uh, six siblings or seven, you know, obviously seven total. So I kind of grew up with a big family, always wanted a big family. Um, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, 60 years old when my, when my kids are, you know, 10 years old. So with, with that being said, it made sense to kind of get things rolling and, uh, kind of get the family started get, get the business started and stuff like that. Really kind of get a jump start on things. Um, but now that I, you know, have my bearings, we've, we've, you know, uh, we're building the YouTube channel. We're, you know, in the f first year of the camp company, things are going well. Camp numbers are good. Uh, I feel like now I've kind of got all my ducks in a row. Now I can kind of, uh, I guess point back to, or just work harder in the sense of being in the gym more, you know, spending more time on court, things, th things of that nature. Uh, cause I'm not gonna lie the, like, you know, the last eight months has been a building phase of running a new business, you know, getting the YouTube channel kind of off the ground and, and just, you know, uh, 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 doing things that are, that are probably not as beneficial to my play. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say uh, similar for myself. It's just, uh, you know, 
been about a year since I've gone full-time pickleball. And so to some degree, just getting used to well, what does that mean? What does that career look like? Getting used to the schedule and the traveling, obviously what pays the bills for somebody in my shoes, no. who's not the top, you know, uh, three or, or so player like Tyson is, um, is going to be the teaching. So put a lot of my, my mental passion into that. I'll, I'll admit, I, I think my game has, has been stagnant for a little bit. And so I, I'm pretty motivated to, to address that as well. But uh, to a certain degree, you know, when you're focused on teaching, yeah, sometimes you forget, uh, you know, to be adding and to making sure that uh, that your own game is as sharp. Um, so it's, you know, it's just a, another obstacle like like we all have. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Um, but yes, something I have noticed in the last three months with like, you know, being so involved with my family and having kids and working with my wife, my wife runs my business, she runs her business, she obviously does a lot. One thing I know for sure, uh, like what I mentioned previously, is is when when her and I see eye to eye, when when you know her and I are working as a team, not only does it benefit my business, it benefits my game, yep. it benefits everything in life. So it's uh, all connected. Yeah, it's no, for connected. sure, for yeah. sure. That 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 definitely hits home to me. Um, let's see, a couple more questions here. Uh, could you talk about the concept? Sorry, this is from MJD. Uh, Ty, could you talk about the concept of you have more time than you think? I heard you say it in some of your videos, but could you explain it in terms of gameplay? What situations where we may have more time than we think? I have plenty of scenarios. Uh, the, fir the first scenario is um, when Ben is eating me up head to head and I know the speed up is coming and I'm not staying home and I'm like so premature with my guess and mm -hmm. I'm like my hands are everywhere. You're falling out Fumbly, forward, yeah. right, 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 right. <laughs> if I just like, took my sweet time and, and, and kept my hands uh, in a good ready position and I stayed home with my hands and I watched the ball longer and I, plain and simple, if I just wait and give myself an extra second and not jump out of ready position so quick, I will recognize that I have a lot more time than I think, and I can volley better, I can see the ball better. And I guess in, uh, in that context, when I stay home and I wait longer, the ball comes in juicy, mm -hmm. it's got veins on it, right? And, and it's got my name on it, and I see it right away. When I'm quick to like leave home early, or if I'm like premature with my ready position, and I guess, the ball's like the size of a grape, and I don't see the speed up coming. So I think if that makes sense. Uh, another another example is, uh, you know, uh, when you feel pressure. You know, if somebody's not comfortable hitting their third shot drop, they're going to hit their third shot drop, and they're going to take off. Versus versus saying, hey, I have plenty of time to, to you know, gain real estate in um, in transition. I don't have to rush. I can, I can look at the ball trajectory, or I can look to see where the returner is making contact. Um, but I, I guess two things that like make sense to me is that when somebody's uncomfortable in a select area, they feel like they have no time, yep. you know? Um, another example is I went surfing in uh, Orange County, okay? And uh, I, I'm, I'm on the surfboard and, you know, I'm, I'm I, actually, no, I was never on the surfboard. <laughs> I tried to freaking get on the goddamn surfboard, but, but no, I, I like, I'm riding the wave and I, and I get up I barely get up, but if I just let the wave carry me like an extra two seconds and I get up a little later, I will actually get up. But I was so premature with my stand-up and I was so quick to get up because I didn't recognize how much time I had. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But it's right. just so true. Like you are, you're, If you're uncomfortable with something, like you feel naturally rushed and you feel pressure and with feeling pressure, you feel like you have no freaking time. Well, and in regards to hand speed battles, I think 
something about, yes, it's up-tempo, but you can still be relatively relaxed. Yeah. Like you said, to be relaxed, you're going to be able to wait for that ball to get into you a little bit more. I think sometimes we know we need to get extension to meet the ball out front. I know for me, when I get jumpy or panicky, I'm way too far out in front because, I again, I'm not, I'm not relaxing. I'm not realizing I have a little bit more time to allow myself to react rather than guess and get a little bit jumpy. Right, right. Um, okay, so that is that is it for questions. There was a couple more, but I'm sorry, we, we cannot get to all those. Um, okay, so a couple a couple of tips for uh, coaches here. Um, something that uh, something that I used to use in tennis, and something that I that I would use still if I was teaching a lot of private lessons in my area, is. Um, for example, like let's say I had you know forty privates in one week, right? Forty freaking privates is a lot of privates. That's that's like essentially forty presentations, right? For forty sure. different that's, presentations, yeah, that's a lot. right? That's so a lot. if you try to reinvent the wheel on all forty presentations towards the end of the week, the level of teaching will not get good. Okay, if that makes sense. So something that I used to do is I would have one theme for the week. Now, granted. If Sally comes in and Sally wants to work on her offense, I'm not gonna have Sally like use the theme that I that I've been using all week. So for example, let's say let's say I've got ten privates on Monday, you know, six on Tuesday, and ten on Wednesday, right? I got uh, three days of just packed lessons. I'm gonna stick to one theme, and and with that being said, I'm gonna tie my lessons around defensive tactics or defensive fundamentals where it's going to be a lot of transition work it's going to be a lot of stuff where uh just my student uh has to learn how to scramble or has to learn how to how to how to neutralize um but i think if you can stick with one theme uh for me my level of teaching and my drills and how creative i was got a hell of a lot better towards the end of the week no for got sure. a, got for a sure. lot better and the drills and the teaching that i did on monday not uh, not only did I do did I do them on Monday, but I did them on Friday, and they were twice as good on Friday. <laughs> Why? Because I'm I'm like in the mode of teaching the same stuff, um, and 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 with that, I guess just having the mindset of like, you know, being under the umbrella of talking about defensive tactics, I got a lot more creative throughout the week, and I was able to use different keywords that register differently to people. Um, so I I I like that idea, and then my other little. Uh, fun tip was um, something that we just did like at the Kansas City camp and something that I didn't used to like doing, but I think uh, I think it holds value. Um, Daniel Roditi has been, you know, has been doing a bunch of stuff at Nellie Gale. Nellie Gale is a club in uh, San Clemente, um, but it's just these old kind of fun king of the court style like tennis drills yep. where you have, a, you have a challenger side, you have a king side, it's super energetic, you have a, you have a coach feeding. You can even do it where you have six people on two courts. The coach stands in the middle on two courts, and the coach feeds to both courts. That way you can manage. Uh, this is probably not IPTPA and PPR guidelines, <laughs> but, hey, you can manage uh, 12 people at one time in a very high-energy yep, setting. Yep. Um, but I was uh, like, for example, let's say that the topic is uh, speed-ups. Or, or no, sorry, let's say the topic is third-ball drops, right? So let's say that the challenger side is back at the baseline. There's four people back there, two people up, and then two people back behind them. And the other side is the king side. It takes two points in a row to get over on the king side. Super simple. Um, one of the toughest part about camps is, is like a cooperative feed. And something that we talked about previously is that you should always feed off the bounce. But in this particular exercise, we have a challenger side. We have a king side. The challengers 
basically play one point. If they win the point, they stay in. If they win both, then they're over to the king side. Um, but I just feed in a return. They have to hit a drop, and then we just play it out from there. Uh, and then what's cool is that if they win both points, after they win both points, uh, and they're coming around, you can even like call out three, two, one, and just <laughs> yeah, keep it fun, yep. keep it. You know what I mean? Like keep the energy high. But I've been using that like team game per progression. Uh, or sorry, I've been using that team game with the last progression of the game portion. So, so for example, we'll do like a half court uh, drop game. We'll do a full court drop game, and then we'll piggyback it with like a, a team king of the court style style game. Uh, that way, you kind of have three different progressions. Yeah, I think it's a great break from the monotony of just you know talking and explaining. And I guess my tip, you know, to piggyback on that would just be you know one thing I've learned with with doing these camps is I can get into a mode where. You know, I'm geeking out on strategy and talking and all that. But the reality is, is we, all of us only take in a certain percentage of information when everything's new being thrown at you. So understand that as a coach, it's important for you to always maintain that positive high energy. It's the one thing that you can always control. And, you know, we all play this game for different reasons. So different people are going to lean more towards the fun social aspect than just a, I have to get from a three, five to a four or I have to get better. So if you can stay fun and energetic, keep it light at times, that'll help you uh, relate to everybody rather than just falling in love with, with simply, you know, working on the drill and explaining everything. So I think there's a, a fine line where as a coach, it's your job to bring and maintain that energy at all times. Yeah, it's tr- so true. And, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of pros out there that think that just bringing their presence and showing up is it's good enough. enough. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I would rather take energy and effort over somebody who is very qualified that, 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 that just thinks that they're overqualified and that just simply shows up. Yeah, like a monotone qualified. For, for That's sure, not yeah. going to do it for anybody, no, right? I mean, so you want to bring a certain yeah. amount. And, and I, I think I've said this before. I don't have the natural charisma. I'm not the natural extrovert that Tyson is. And I know I can fall in that category of being more of the, the professor or geeking out. So I make a conscious effort every time I teach a camp, every time I teach a lesson to bring that lighthearted self uh, or side yeah, of sure. me because I think it's, it's a little bit more relatable. So yeah. if it's not something that you are doing, know that it is possible. No, for sure. And I mean, if you've taken a camp from Kyle, uh, within 20 minutes, you will understand how much this guy loves pickleball. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, talks, talks with, uh, so much enthusiasm, um, uh, loves the sport. You can totally tell he, he geeks out. He's a, he's a junkie for the sport. And I think, uh, I think, you know, customers that are, that are paying a select price point want to come and they want to know that, that the pro you know, is, is fully energized yeah. and they're like enthused and they love pickleball and they're, you know, loving everybody at the camp. I mean, that, that goes such a long way. So, uh, if, if you're in a boat where, uh, maybe you don't bring a lot of energy, fake it till you make it, baby. Heck yeah. Um, that stuff totally sells. And when, and the more you do fake it, right. The more it just becomes kind of your natural self. So, yeah. uh, again, I just think it's an important part. If that's something that's not natural for you, you can improve in that category too. For sure. Um, instructional nugget. Go ahead, buddy. Yes. Um, kind of one thing that, that I've seen is a pattern we talk about in our program that, you know, red zone balls, yellow zone balls, green zone balls, yellow zones, kind of that in between ball where maybe it's a slight mistake uh, from your opponent, but you still want to be aggressive. One thing that I've noticed as a pattern is a lot of people will miss those yellow zone balls in the tape, in the net. And to me, it really comes out to intent. We want to have our intent with a yellow zone ball of yes, being aggressive. Yes, looking to punish our opponents for that mistake. But we don't want to have that idea of finish, finish the ball off. When we start thinking finish the ball on a small mistake, 
uh, subconsciously we start to aim down and think at their feet when really the pop-up isn't big enough. So remember the bigger the pop-up, the more we can aim down, but on just a small pop-up in that yellow zone, we want to be aggressive, but think we're starting that firefight rather than that expectation of finishing that first ball. Like it. Um, so two tells that are going to tell you when to come in off a drop, uh, lower levels, if you're not as comfortable hitting your drop, you're probably not comfortable looking at ball trajectory. That is totally fine. Um, but obviously, you should be looking to um, get to that point. Yep. So lower levels, you're probably going to look to see where your opponent makes contact uh, once they get up and establish. So if, if you see them uh, making contact in the red zone, whether it's out of the air or it's off the bounce, you should be looking to come in, um, gain real estate, gain distance, maybe even come all the way up. Uh, if you see a lower, and, and, and let's say lower levels, like three out of three, five, yeah. let's say this three, five doesn't have a roll volley. Okay. If you find that they are hitting a ball out of the air in yellow, but they're hitting up, let's say it's like in between red and yellow, right? It's not, it's not green and yellow, it's red <laughs> and yellow. Okay. If they're still hitting up, I would say come in and crash cause they're not going to hurt you. I mean, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to punch a volley and to get enough on it as you're hitting up with, with no topspin. Right? For sure. Sure. Um, now, if they're, you know, if they're able to punch through, maybe they're in green and yellow and they're either punching through or they're hitting down. Um, there's nothing wrong with buying yourself time, staying back. Know that you can play good defense if you have time. You know that you can defend if you have time. Take a look at the Newmans, a prime example. Um, so I think, um, yeah, just be very selective on when you come in and know that there's no, no rush. Uh, something that DJ Howard says and something that I totally stole is that you should not chase trash. Don't chase trash. Or, uh, I used to say this a lot. I don't, I don't say anymore. Uh, uh, do you, you want to be brave or smart? Okay, Brave says, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna trust these hands, baby. I'm going to pop it up and I'm going to trust these hands. Smart saying, hey. Get the head back. <laughs> buy gonna, yourself gonna, some time. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> if you're using a GX5, pop it up and come in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Not. And then uh, higher level. Um, good disconnectors, good good poachers. Take a look at Kelly Smith. Take a look at Rye. Take a look at uh, Ben. Anybody that disconnects well or anybody that bakes off of their own shake, they're looking at ball trajectory, they're gaining real estate, and they're they're getting in. So I would say next progression would be looking at ball trajectory, and then that way you can gain distance a little, little quicker and get your butt in there. All right, guys, make sure you like, subscribe, and turn those notifications on to the MacGuffin Pickleball Club YouTube channel. Um, Want to give a big shout-out to uh, Hellebay or Jasper. Uh, Steve Taylor, Carl Schmitz, PPA, everybody that gave me content for this episode. Hope you guys have a great day. We will tune back in here in about a week. We got Atlanta PPA coming up um, here in a couple weeks. And uh, episode 15, we'll be touching on Atlanta PPA, Camp in Atlanta, and then uh, stuff going on this summer. But uh, my name is Tyson McGuffin. This is The McGuffin Show. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>